you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor, let's go! Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by professional better Raheem Palmer. Welcome to the Wednesday workshop. This is our show on Tuesday night where we break down Wednesday slate ahead of time. The lines are fresh out, like fresh donuts, right out of the oven, piping hot. And we're breaking them down, giving you the best bets for Wednesday, but more importantly, insight and information on how Raheem reaches his bets, what his model says, how you come to these bets, the process of making nightly NBA bets. Raheem, what's good? Life is good. The NFL season is almost over, so we can just concentrate fully on NBA. I'm so excited. This is my first love, so let's get to it. We are thankful and lucky to have advanced lines out uh, from WinBet. These are up on the site. WinBet has us covered for lines for Wednesday. Raheem, where do you want to start? Let's start with the Utah Jazz Cleveland Cavaliers. This line is at 223 and a half. My model personally makes this game around 215. And when you look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team, they've really been struggling to score offensively. Obviously, they don't have Colin Sexton in the lineup. Ricky Rubio went down. So you look at this offense over the last eight games, they're just 14 for offensive rating. They're scoring 112 points, 400 possessions. They're really struggling offensively like right now. I, like I, I can't stress that enough. And that's an offense that I really want to fade right now. If you look at the last two weeks, even before Rubio went out, they're 18 for offensive rating, scoring 110 points per one to possessions. I know the Jazz have been struggling a lot defensively. They gave up a lot of points to the Detroit Pistons the other day. But I think this is a, a good bounce back spot for that defense. When you look at the pace of this game, it's likely to be a slower pace. The Jazz are just 13th in pace. 98 point, 98 possessions a game. They're 20th in offensive length of possession. When you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're just as slow as well. They're not a real fast-paced team. So if I break down their exact pace, they're 22nd in pace, and they're dead last in offensive length of possession. I think this total goes under. All right, I'm hitting the challenge here. I, I can't. I'm, I'm going out for the block on this one. All right, look. Rudy Gobert got into protocols five days ago. There's been no word on an update on his status. I can't play this until I know if Gobert plays or not. But if Gobert doesn't play, you can't, if you cannot take the under. There is no scenario in which you can take the under 
if Rudy Gobert does not play. Like, for starters, look at what the last two games have been like. They can't get any stuff. The Detroit Pistons, Raheem. The Detroit basketball no, I, Pistons put up numbers on them. They are their entire system defensively is entirely. There's a quote about this from Markeith Morris, um, Marcus Morris rather, talking about how the entire Jazz system is they don't really defend on the perimeter. They just funnel guys to Rudy. You'll have Rudy. You have a Sam Whiteside who's not Rudy Gobert. Um, it is true. Additionally, I'll hit you with this: the Cavaliers switch quite a bit. They're a pretty switch-heavy team. Okay, they play a lot of different coverages, but they switch quite a bit. Without Gobert on the floor, the Jazz offense jumps big time in terms of its efficiency. They go way, way up because you can't just ignore Rudy Gobert in that switch situation. The Jazz offense clicks way, way up when they get more mobile and smaller. So even their offense goes up. Meanwhile, uh, last two weeks, per clean in the glass, Cleveland is 24th in defensive efficiency at 114.9. Uh, Utah is all the way down. Uh, Utah is 26th at 117.3. So we got the 26th and the 24th ranked defenses in the last two weeks. Look, Rudy Gobert plays. I love it. This is, this is great. Yeah. I'm with you. But if Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. does not play in this game, I'm going, I'm hammering that, that over number. I think that number is soft. That's how big a difference I think. Look, we got to think about Gobert to the, to mm-hmm. the total, the way that's that we true. think about like LeBron to a Lakers spread. Like that's how important he is. He, there may be no more important defensive player in the league to a team. Like even Draymond, the rest of the Warriors switch and know how to play defense. The Jazz are largely inept defensively unless Rudy's there to clean it up. I guess my thing is, look, my model puts it at 215. So how much is Rudy worth to the total at this point? It's like, look, when bet has it at 223 and a half, there's an offshore book right now that has it at 222. So it's just like, I feel like when that is probably the square book and they're just pushing it up a point. And I just think there has to be some value with the way this Cleveland team is scoring. Now, maybe the way to go is to take the, the Cavs team total under. But you did say that, I mean, go Bears numbers. Like, I, I just looked at the on off numbers and it's, it's, it's pretty damn. Big. So <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, but I just it just feels like it's still a little bit too high. So look, we're doing this for the pod. Are you going to bet this? Like, are you going to, have you put a number, have you put a bet in before we got on here? I haven't put a bet in yet. So it's just like, I do my, everybody knows I do my Wednesday full slate breakdowns. And I normally put, I put the bets in in the morning. So I'm going to revisit this in the morning and we're going to see where this number goes. Okay. We'll see where it's at in the morning. You can check out and see if Raheem's made his picks. You can get notifications on the Action Network app, the best way to track your picks. And you can follow all of Raheem's bets in the app. Uh, all right, we're we're undecided on that one. I will tell you also, Rudy doesn't play, and I'm adding Cavaliers to my money line parlay. If Rudy Gobert does not play, I'm taking the Cavs straight up in this game, um, even on the road. What's your second best bet? Second best bet is a it's actually a pick that I gave out on here before. I'm going back to the well again. Look, we're going over 231 in the Los Angeles Lakers, Sacramento Kings. These yep. teams put, have played three times this season. They've gone over twice. And the only game that they didn't go over was a 117-92 win from the Lakers in which the, the Kings went out there and they, like, they, just couldn't, they just couldn't hit anything. I mean, 
They were six of 29 for three, 20, 20.7%. And these two teams are just flying up the court. They played to a 114-122 game. And the Kings didn't score in the last two minutes of that game. They, they played another game, which is double overtime. They went well over the total. I just think this total is way too low. They adjusted it before. We actually gave it out at 226 before. I'm still going over. Okay. Um, I've got it all the way down at 223. The numbers for the Lakers have been pretty inconsistent. Um, the biggest hangup here, I, I will say, like, here's like the, the positive side of this is the Kings transition defense is terrible. I have the Lakers right now projected for 24 transition points when like the league average is around 18 per game. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm basically saying like the the Lakers are going to run the ball down their throat while I have you on. I don't mind this pick. Um, Cause it's the Kings and the Lakers have trended over. Like that seems solid. The, the matchup between the two teams has played out a certain way. I, I want, but while we're here, I do want to ask you, when you have a situation like that, where you have like multiple games that have been played in a season series, like these teams match up and it looked this way and these teams matched up and it looked this way. Do you worry that it's like, okay, it's hard for a team for, uh, for four different games to look the same or, but that to me feels like, Oh, I flipped the coin three times. Surely the next times it'll be tails. How do you, how do you evaluate when you have this season series and it's looked this way? Do you get a little nervous when it's played out consistently one way? of those guys where I'll pound the same angle over and over and over and over again until I feel like it's adjusted to the point where it's too far. And I still don't think we've gotten to that point yet. (laughs) Like you said, the Kings are terrible in transition. I I did look up the exact numbers. They're 28th in transition. And I like the way the Lakers are playing in transition and with the small ball lineup with LeBron at center. I mean, look, Malik Monk has been absolutely terrific. When you look at what the Kings give up at the rim, they don't have Rashawn Holmes. They're 23rd in opponent frequency at the rim. The Lakers are second in shot frequency at the rim. So I think they're going to be able to get downhill and score at will. Unless this number hits 234 or something like that, that's when I'm I'm on the other side. But right now, I'm just going to continue to play this over. All right. So spread is right now Lakers minus six. What do you have the what do you have the spread at? I have this spread at a pick'em. But I'm, it's not something that I want to play because we saw the way the last game play out. I, I actually like the Sacramento Kings. I, we actually gave that out on this show before. I think I gave out the Sacramento Kings plus eight, and they were on the road, and they were covering the entire game. They actually had the lead with two minutes to go and allowed the Lakers to, yeah. to go on a run just and it actually it. push. Just Kings. Yeah, just, it just, yeah, just Kings it. So it's just this number is two points lower. Actually, it's the same. It's pretty much the same closing line because I think this line closed at Lakers minus six and a half when they were at home. So they did make a, a little adjustment there, but I'm not going to be playing this. I think this is Kings or pass, though. So I've got this. I'm with you. I have two, as I've mentioned on the show before, I've got two different projection systems. One is based off a of matchup. It's how's the team doing in half court versus the other team's half court defense and transition. Same thing. And then you flip the sides. Uh, I've got I've got this um, Lakers minus four point eight on matchup and Lakers minus three point seven on power rating. So I like I think there's a little bit of an edge of the Kings. I want to ask you about this. I can't bet the Kings anymore, man. I can't I can't do it. I can't consistently. My model keeps spitting out. Hey, there's some value on Sacramento. And every time I'm like, 
I should bet the bets. Like this is the whole thing, right? Is like the market overvalues it. But God, they're so frustrating. They're so frustrating, Raheem. Like, do you have any of these teams where you just, you know that the number is always going to kind of give them a pass and you're just like, I can't. I'm going to be honest. I mean, other than the Sacramento Kings, it's actually the Utah Jets. Mm. Look at what they've done as a favorite this season. Like, I think that that tells us everything about who this team is when you look at who they are as a favorite. They don't cover these big spreads at all. So it's just, they're a team that I, I, I just find absolutely incredibly frustrating to bet because 10-point favorite or more, they're 5-13 and 13 against the spread. Whew. So my model actually tends to agree with them being a favorite in a lot of these spots. And they're still not going out there and getting it done. Yeah. And it's then, crazy. It's wild because they have such a good net rating because they blow out a lot of teams. But then for some reason, like they're managing to blow out enough teams to keep the net rating high while still underperforming versus the spread. That's wild. Yeah, it's, it's the wildest thing I've ever seen. Like, and then actually, they're eight and 13 as a home favorite. Yeah. So that's wild because when you look at Utah historically, along with Denver, they have the highest home court advantage in the league. And they're still not covering these spreads at home. So you mentioned it earlier. If, if Gobert is not playing, you might want to take the Cavs. And I can't disagree with that. So one thing I've been doing is if both of the projection systems that I use agree that a team should be favored, even if it's got an edge on the spread, if we're talking as long as that spread is above five. So I've got like a four point differential here. I've been taking, I've been putting them in money line parlays. If I've got an agreement on the two systems and I'm putting them in. So I'm thinking about putting Lakers in with another team that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I think about putting the Lakers in on the money line as part of a parlay. They're minus 250. I want to get that number down. Um, I know that you just said that you guys is a pick them, but Lakers did win. So here's what the, the season record was. They won the last two by multiple possessions. They lost in triple overtime early in the season. It was a terrible loss. Like a lot yeah. of these Lakers games are. However, like if you ask me, like, are the Lakers definitively better than the Kings? Like, yeah, they're better than the Kings. So uh, how do you feel about me using the Lakers? I know that you're not a big parlay better, but how do you feel about me using the Lakers as part of a Moneyline parlay? I like it. And especially coming off that blowout loss against the Grizzlies, they're going a row. They've been playing well before that Grizzlies game. They had won four in a row. And obviously it's come against the Portland Trailblazers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings, the Hawks, who have really been struggling lately. I think they're another overvalued team at this point. And they lost to a Grizzlies team, which is one nine games in a row. So I really like this spot for, for the Los Angeles Lakers on the money line. If you add that to a parlay, I'm not mad at it at all. Okay. Uh, you want, you want to talk about this game, even though you're not quite ready to bet it yet. I wanted to, to ask you about it because it is an interesting game. The Dallas Mavericks are taking on the New York Knicks. This one yeah. I think is, is a, it's a pretty interesting game. Um, I think from a betting perspective, the total on this game is, um, Right now, it's sitting at 205, low, low, low total. And the Knicks are two-point dogs at home versus the Mavericks. Tell me what you're, what you're leaning here, even if you're not ready to make a bet on it. Yeah, I'm leaning with the Dallas Mavericks here. Look, the Mavericks have won six games in a row, and seven out of their last eight, with the only loss coming on a last-second buzzer beater to the Sacramento Kings. and. You look at during the eight-game span, they're first in that rating 
14.4, behind an offensive rating of 115 and a defensive rating of 100. And one of the biggest things that we're seeing with this Mavericks team is that finally their shooting is starting to regress to the mean. So you look at the entire season, they're shooting just 33% from behind the arc. But over the last eight games, they're shooting 38.3% from, from three. That's fourth among NBA teams. The Knicks, their perimeter defense is kind of shaky. They're giving, they're allowing, they're 25th and three-point attempts allowed. And they're facing this Mavericks team, which is seventh and three-point attempts. They're shooting nearly 40% of their attempts from behind the arc. So that's an advantage for this Mavericks team. You look at the Mavericks, I mean, you look at the Knicks, they're going to be missing some guys. Obviously, Kimba's still out of the lineup. Obviously, Noel's still out of the lineup. So I just think that the way this Mavericks team is playing, I, I still want to catch them on this high streak. And I think this is a line that you probably want to grab as soon as possible. Obviously, we don't know what's going on with Chris Trapp's Przingis. But, I mean, Derrick Rose is out. To me, this Knicks offense hasn't been great lately. I mean, outside of their games against the Boston Celtics, where you have Evan Fournier hitting every single three, this team is just 27th for offensive rating over the last two weeks. They're scoring 103 points per one of possessions. So I think this is a good spot. You land just two. I think this is a cheap buy on the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. So Nick's defense has been better last two weeks. They're, they've actually picked up a little bit defensively. They've improved. Um, on that end, uh, Perkley in the glass, Knicks have risen to fourth in the last two weeks at 105.9 defensively. Dallas has been lights out in that regard. They are the best defense in the league at 99.7 with the 10th best offense you mentioned. Um, Luke is questionable for this game. Make sure, I think you need to make sure that Luke is playing, right? If you want to play this, do you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. You definitely want to make sure Luke is playing. But one of the things I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing is that if KP plays and Luka doesn't play, Maybe there's some, there's still some value yeah. on the Mavericks. I'll tell you where I'm at. This is kind of counterintuitive, but this is where I'm at. Um, I have Knicks under matchup as a slight favorite. I've got them as a two point favorite. Um, power rated, I've got them only at one point four. So my model says that the value is on the Knicks plus two. Now that's too narrow of a margin for me to go in on this. I will say this though: um, if Luca doesn't play, and this line moves towards New York, that's probably where I buy in on the Mavericks. Like I think there's, I think this Mavericks team can hang with them because there's been a lot of weird numbers with Luca anyway. Um, I do kind of look at that. The other thing I would say the total, I think is, is pretty, is brutal here at two Oh five. Like this is a, that that is a harsh number where it's so low. I have it at two Oh seven. I would want to look at, at the under, but at, at two Oh five, kind of lean a little bit toward like I may wind up going towards the over on this, especially like if Luca plays, that might be the plays. I just take the over and trust the Mavericks to be able to put up enough three pointers to compensate. Yeah. Actually, my number has it at two, 200, but I'm just wondering how much of like these defenses are due for regression. Like yeah. 200 just feels like the stone ages of NBA basketball. <laughs> like, so, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so you mentioned kind of like an outlier situation here where this is the lowest total on the board um, for my best bet of the night. I want to talk to you about the Rockets and the Spurs. This total mm-hmm. is at two thirty four and a half. Okay. Whew. That's, that is a high number. Now the Spurs, the over is 13, three and one at home. 
on the road. The Rockets games are 14 and eight to the over. All right. Going to be, a, you know, up and down game. No defense played. Houston can't stop anybody. That's why the number is so high. Here's my problem. Um, the average in those 17 games at home for the Spurs, where they're 13 and three to the over, 13, three and one, the total at the average total was just 219. That's 15 points off of where this total is. For the Rockets at 14 and eight, the total, the average total in those games was 220. So we've got 15 points of differential here between the average of where those numbers tended to hit the over and where this game is at. I think at 234 and a half, I got to be on the under. I think there's a couple of factors here. Um, the, The Spurs are getting guys out of protocol. As they get guys out of protocol, their defense will improve. They struggle a lot with their bench guys having to play big minutes on the perimeter, and that's where their defense has fallen off. That's how the Knicks got hot and ran away with that game last night. That one hurt me, by the way, very badly. I was on Spurs. And then after the game, I was like, why am I betting on the Spurs team without Derek White? If Derek White's back, I think I really like the under in the spot. White's a good defender. I think you need all those guys there. The Rockets don't have anybody on the interior that can really feast. Like Christian Wood's good. Alperen Shangun has been upgraded but that's where the Spurs have kind of been hurt. I like this matchup for Yaka Pertle more than going against any of the guys like Mitchell Robinson, who beasted him yesterday, like all these types of dudes. If the Spurs get a few more guys back out, I like the under of 234 and a half. I think that's a market overcorrection. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I mean, my model, my numbers actually put this at 230, so it does feel a little bit high. I mean, obviously, it is a correction with all of the guys missing for COVID. So, yeah, I mean, look, the Spurs come up, came off a long road trip. I mean, obviously, they had the Celtics last week. They had the Nets. They had the Knicks. So I, I think this might be a spot to where they come come down to earth offensively and, and pick it up defensively. So I like it. Two more I want to talk about that I'm not quite ready to go on yet. Um, he, Jimmy Butler, I believe, is, is either questionable or out for this game. I can't remember if he's been ruled out yet. The Hawks are four-point favorites at home versus the Miami Heat. The Heat have obviously been really good despite missing Bam Adebayo and when Deadman and Butler's been out. And of course, Markeith Morris, who's still out because of the Jokic dirty hit. Um, I have this number at heat minus four on matchup. And I've got it at heat minus 2.8 in power rating. Like Butler will cover that for sure. Like the injuries cover some of the differential there. Uh, my hang up here is DeAndre Hunter has been upgraded from out to questionable. I still can't get to Hawks minus four though. What do you make there either? I mean, look, you got Clint Capella out. You got you got Solomon Hill you out. You got Lou Williams out. You got Cam Reddish out. Hunter hasn't played in about eight weeks. Yeah. So it's just like we're not getting a, a a well-conditioned Hunter who's been playing basketball for a while. Like, and this Hawks defense has just been horrible. Like <laughs> when you look at the Hawks over the last two weeks. They're dead last in defensive rate. They're giving up 126 points for one of the possessions. And I think Hunter helps with that, but you're also going to lose a lot with Capella as well. So I think if you have Butler and Lowry in this lineup, I, I just can't get the Hawks minus four at all. Miami's eight and nine at home, straight up. Like this, it'd be one thing if I could understand it from, you know, I talked about the Mavericks and, and boosting them up based off of their home court advantage. I don't have any reason to think that the Hawks are going to be our dynamite at home. I don't have any, I don't have any reason to think this is a big, like I get that 
the injuries for the heater or as severe Butler is out by the way. And that's significant. I still feel like four points of value versus the, like I, I, this kind of assumes that there's a, that there's a floor to the Hawks struggles. And I'm just telling you like the heater good enough with yeah. out various personnel because of the depth of their team, how they play, how disciplined they are. They're not going to beat themselves. You're going to have to go out and beat them. And I don't think Atlanta can do that. Hunter makes me a little nervous, but he's still just questionable. No Capella. I like Miami here quite a bit plus four. Well, I think the Heat are 12 and two as an underdog this year. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's kind of like four points of like that. I mean, that's according to our bet last database and four points of value. It just feels like what you're saying is correct in the sense that this is a professional team. They're not going to beat themselves. So they're actually eight and two on the road as an underdog. So the trends all point to the Heat. Last one before we get out of here. Um, I will say that I'm probably looking at a Lakers Cavs or Lakers Heat parlay. I'm probably if Derek White plays, I'm definitely throwing in San Antonio. I will make this a three teamer if San if Derek White plays for San Antonio. Um, last one is Nets Bulls. I want to touch on this game just because it's the biggest game of the night. I honestly was a little surprised the Nets are three point favorites here. Harden missed the last game with knee soreness. He could very well be back for this game. Kyrie Irving will play because it's not in Brooklyn. Nets are three-point favorites. Totals 231. What are your thoughts on this one? This is tough. I just Look, my model actually makes the Bulls favorite. Yep. And I, I'm struggling to where you get Nets minus three. I, I just I don't know how you get there with the way this team is playing. I mean, look, obviously there's going to be two different sets of power ratings with Kyrie on the road versus no Kyrie at home. But this team is banged up. I mean, you got, you still got Kevin Durant playing major, major minutes. And he had to play 41 minutes in that loss last night against the Blazers. And they really couldn't get a stop against this team. This, this Blazers team that didn't have Dane, didn't have CJ. The Bulls have more firepower than that. Like I just, we're doing a piece on the Bulls. And right now when you look at the Bulls with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine on the court, they're scoring 115 points per 100 possessions. And they're a much better defense than the Blazers. I, I just can't get to this number. I just, I'm struggling to understand it. So here's what's kind of interesting. Um, here's how my, my, the matchup model says. My, my matchup model likes the Nets, actually. It's got a 3.4. I was surprised at that. I figured it would love Chicago. It's loved Chicago all year. What's interesting is they're even in transition points. It's giving the Nets about a four-point edge in half-court offense. What I think is interesting from that perspective is much of that is based off of the Nets defense, which has slid off in recent weeks, but so has the Bulls. Like Both teams were really good defensive teams and are starting to struggle a lot more, especially in the half court. And the Nets, I think, have held up a little bit better under those circumstances. Like That, to me, is kind of like an interesting question of, and the reason where this gets to, especially, is this total is 231. I kind of like the under here. Like, even if the Nets, the Nets and Bulls defense isn't as good, do we see this as like a, a high-scoring 117-114 or 121-117 type of game? Because I feel like they're going to take turns ISOing each other, and it's going to wind up being a lot of I, – I could see it being a lot closer to like 109-100. Yeah, I can see that. And then obviously the Bulls play tonight, so they're on a back-to-back. So 
I, I do kind of like that. And my, my, my number actually makes it about 223. So, all right. Uh, so you got to adjust a little bit for Kyrie. Okay. I'm adding that then. I'm adding, I'm adding Bulls under. So I'm taking Spurs, Rockets under, mm-hmm. Bulls, Nets under, and Heat plus four. Uh, Raheem likes the under in Cavs, Jazz, which I've, I want it noted, I've warned him against. Uh, and he <laughs> likes the over in Kings, Lakers, 231. Um, I will also have a Moneyline parlay with, I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Can I trust the Spurs without, if Derek White doesn't play? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I'm getting a good number on it. I'm going to take Lakers heat. That one's pretty good. I'll probably have a round robin, honestly, with like, if Rudy Gobert's out, it'll be Cavs, Spurs, Heat, Lakers. That'll be my round robin of the night. Thanks for joining us on Buckets. Make sure to download the Action Network app, the best way to track your bets. Thanks for much for, so much for joining us. We're going to have another Best Bets episode live on YouTube. Check it out. On Wednesday night, we're doing Thursday's games. It'll be Raheem and me and our buddy Joe will be on same time, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Wednesday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.